Hello and welcome to Kenny's G League, the only podcast in the universe all about the Rip City Remix. Today we're going to get you caught up on what has been going on with the team now that we're in the regular season. We're going to talk about some player movement that we've had on the squad, some news about uh, recent games, and some updates on players that have been receiving accolades, and we'll also talk a little bit about Damian Lillard's return to Portland in a break from our usual G League coverage. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, Basket Ghoul. Basket Ghoul provides you with all the merch you could possibly want for your Blazers and G League uh, needs. You can get stickers that are super specific to players or niche moments in Blazers history. You can get a hand fruit t-shirt or sweater that I think you should definitely pick up. I've been wearing mine uh, to the Remix games recently. It's super cozy. Go pick up a hand fruit sweater. You may have even noticed uh, the head coach of your Rip City Remix wearing a hand fruit t-shirt recently. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, super cool to see that. So get on board, pick up a hand fruit t-shirt or sweater from basketghoul.com. This season, now that we're in the regular season for the remix, uh, the remix are nine and four on the season, currently good for fifth place in the West. If you don't know, the season resets after the Showcase Cup, kind of the in-season tournament precursor that the G League invented here. The regular season is on its way, and like I said, they're 9-4, and four, fifth in the West. In the G League, the top six teams in each conference make the playoffs. Uh, additionally, the teams in first and second place in the conference get a pass into the second round, so they don't have to play the first round. The first three rounds of the playoffs are all single elimination, and the finals are a best of three. I would love to see the remix make the playoffs. Obviously, I think that would be really exciting for a first-year team to make the playoffs. That would be fantastic. So I'm rooting for that. They're currently in good standing, and the team's looking good. So let's talk about some trends that we're seeing with the squad up to this point uh, on offense. So, so far, uh, 13 games in. The Remix are ninth in offensive rating at 113.7 and 14th in defensive rating, 111.3. That gives them a net rating of 2.7, which is 10th in the league. Uh, So that's all excellent to see. You love to see a positive net rating, of course. Effective field goal percentage is ninth in the league at 54.4%. Uh, excuse me, 8th in the league at 54.4%, and true shooting is 11th in the league at 59.8%. Following up from a previous episode where we were talking about some shooting trends that we were seeing, uh, the team as a whole is shooting 34.9% from 3, which is right in the middle of the league at 15th place. During the showcase, the team shot 33.3% from the 3-point line. And the Remix have kind of doubled down on their shooting trend from the showcase. They're now dead last in percentage of their field goal attempts that come from two at 52%. And first in the league at percentage of their field goal attempts that come from three at 48%. They are also taking slightly more mid-range 
field goal attempts during the regular season than they did in the showcase. You might remember I uh, had used a little chart to look at the shooting averages during the showcase, and they were really shooting very few mid-range shots. They're opening that up a little bit um, from from previous, from the showcase. They're shooting a little bit more uh, mid-range field goals. It's nothing, you know, it's not like they've switched the plot at all. Um, we're just seeing a little more willingness to shoot those mid-rangers. And this is all without some of the key two-way players that were playing a lot of minutes during the showcase. Uh, some of the two-way players, of course, have kind of recently switched up to be with the Blazers for a while as the Blazers were dealing with a lot of injuries. I'd assume we kind of see some of those guys come back down now that the Blazers are looking a little healthier. And even guys that uh, are not on two-ways like Rupert and Chris Murray, uh, they've barely played for the remix. Rupert's played only four games in the regular season, and Chris Murray's only played three Uh mostly because the Blazers were just so decimated by injury and kind of needed those bodies out there. Uh, so the remix's plan to shoot a high percentage of shots from three is helped by Antoine Davis's emergence as one of the league's best and most willing shooters who's currently leading the league in three-point field goals made, and he's hitting 39.7% of his attempts. Uh, so big up Antoine Davis for making the most of this opportunity. He's looked really good. He's kind of been playing a great... Uh, two guard next to Ashton Haggins, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I'm loving that pairing of Ashton Haggins and Antoine Davis. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty exciting with, with Davis being such a willing three-point shooter and uh, Haggins, who we'll talk about in a moment, kind of being the uh, heart of the team in my mind. He's really uh, setting the tone for the team, I think. Uh, so Ashton Haggins has been announced as an all-star. He was first place in fan voting for the G League next, uh, excuse me, for the G League up next game. That's going to take place on Sunday, February 18 at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. The game, uh, from when I was looking up what, what that game is, I'd never watched it before, seems kind of catered to NBA nephews on Twitter, if I'm being honest. Uh, three teams, or it might be four this year, I think they're changing the format slightly, will have a social media influencer GM that drafts the, the roster they're going to create custom jerseys that's kind of cool uh and then that m social media influencer gm will stream the game on whatever their social media platform is i don't know it seems kind of kind of silly to me uh but hey whatever you got to do to get people uh to watch at 10 30 a.m i guess and uh it takes place in a little mini tournament format so you kind of have this little mini morning tournament i think it'll be fun to watch i don't know about all the uh shenanigans about a social media influencer gm i'm kind of uh questionable about that uh but hey whatever uh i was hoping george condit might get an all-star nod as well he's been looking really excellent uh and he's kind of been a huge part of the remix looking so good in the early stages of the regular season. So I was hoping he would get an all-star nod, but unfortunately, no luck there. So let's move on to some news with the roster. As we've talked about before, tr usually through a G League season, there can be quite a bit of movement in the roster throughout the season. So let's look at what's already happened this year. Uh, Terrence Davis, who you might remember, joined the team uh, and has had a little bit of an NBA career uh, with the uh, Sacramento Kings. 
Unfortunately, he ruptured his Achilles. He will be out for the season. Uh, hate to see that. He was a very exciting player in the few games that he did play with the remix. So you hate to see someone uh, go out on injury like that. Caden Rice, who was acquired on January 4th, he was waived on January 10th. Kevion Nolan acquired January 1st. He was waived on January 12th. The remix traded a first and second round draft pick in the 2024 draft for 6'5 wing Taze Moore on January 11th. Taze Moore then signed a 10-day with the Blazers, which just concluded, so he should be back with the remix uh, already. Uh, he's been a very exciting player to watch, actually. Taze Moore uh, really can get up there and dunk the ball. He had a really clutch three-pointer in a in uh, it may have been his first game. Now that I think about it, first or second game at the remix. Really exciting player. He'll be one to watch for during the rest of this season. Uh, the remix then traded Malachi Smith, who was one of uh, the original remix players. You know, he played that very first game. They traded him for 6'2 guard Jazian Gortman on January 12th. Jazian Gortman, he's been having some some nice moments in the season so far. He's averaging 12.8 points per game, uh, shooting 40% from three. Uh, he is, is pretty exciting to watch. I like what we're seeing from him so far. And uh, the remix traded a 2025 draft pick for 6'3 guard Demoy Hodge on January 17th. Demoy Hodge, let me pull up his stats here, get an idea for what he's doing. He's played five games for the remix so far. He's averaging 14 points, shooting 40% from three on uh, nine attempts a game. My goodness. And uh, let's see here. Two assists, four rebounds. Uh, he's had some nice moments uh, as well. Let's keep going down the list. Quentin Rose was waived on January 19 with those pickups from uh, a couple trades there. The remix were over the roster limit. You can have 10 non-two-way players. Um, Scotty Lewis was also waived on January 20th. And then, you hate to see it, but our old friend Maurice Harkless was also waived on January 20th. Glad he was here. Uh, Really cool to get to see a former Blazer on the team. Uh, unfortunately waived as the team was over too many players. Sean Hyken had a nice article a while back when he joined the team that one of the reasons he joined was that he got to play uh, with an old coach. Uh, Of course, as he kind of rehabbed from a couple injuries that he had, hoping to get back into the NBA. Really wish Mo the best. I hope he lands somewhere in the NBA at some point. Uh, Always enjoy rooting for him. And our most recent piece of news, Anthony Deruji on January 29th was acquired by the Remix. You might remember that he was acquired way back in October uh, as part of a trade, and he was playing um, in Mexico uh, recently, and now he's with the team. So they didn't have to trade anyone for him. They already had his rights. So it'll be exciting to see his addition to the team. So a lot of movement there. Uh, it's been cool for me to see that despite all this movement and some of the players that come down from the Blazers missing so many games in the uh, regular season, that the team is looking really quite good. They're uh, improving on essentially every element that they were uh, trying in the showcase, especially their shooting. And that's 
really helping them come a long way with, especially with the uh, emergence of guys like Antoine Davis and Ashton Haggins and George Condit. Uh, so the team is looking quite good right now. I'm excited to go to the game tonight as I'm recording this on Friday, February 2nd. Let's talk very briefly about the game versus the Ignite uh, about a week back or so. Uh, really cool to see these prospects come into town. If you're a Blazers fan, you're probably familiar with Ron Holland and Matis Bezelis, who currently are kind of slated to go in the draft anywhere from 5 to 10 right now, it seems like. And the Blazers right now, you know, if everything followed the odds, would probably have picks 5 and 10. So these are two guys that are uh, pretty highly touted right now, came through town recently, and I got to, to watch that game. So just some random thoughts here from a guy that is not an NBA prospect uh, watcher at all. So here's some random thoughts. Ron Holland, he had one of his better games of the season, 31 points on 12 for 20 shooting, 4 for 6 from 3, which is certainly generally a knock from him, his 3-point shooting, but he shot great that night with 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. The hot topic right now around Holland seems to be his height. I had a couple people uh, hit me up to ask how tall he looked. He's listed at 6'8", and standing next to Mo Harkless, who's listed at 6'7", I thought they looked about the same height, but Harkless uh, is certainly a little more built out in his frame, so he looked slightly bigger uh, than Ron Holland. Who knows? I'll be interested to see how he's uh, listed once they do like the uh, official height measurement uh, heading into the draft. I would not be surprised personally if he was more like a 6'6". Uh, but uh, oftentimes, you know, people are uh, fibbing on their heights a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to guess he's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, uh, with shoes. Holland uh, showed an ability to get to the basket for sure, and his shot looked much better against the remix than it has during the rest of the season. If he could shoot like that every night, he'd probably have his case as a top pick more locked up than it currently is. It doesn't help the, that the Ignite are pretty lacking in point guard play, especially with Norris Cole out in the game against the remix. So even some good play leaves a lot of questions, which honestly is just tough as you're watching him kind of hoping to see something. I walked away kind of in my mind comparing him to Andrew Wiggins. Uh, is that what a team like the Blazers need? Maybe, but I kind of doubt it. I, I don't doubt that he's going to be a really great prospect to keep watching, and he's still really super young. And from what a couple other people, might have been Blazers banter, Eric Gunderson, were saying that it uh, sounds like the losses on the Igniter really kind of piling up on him. It sounds like he's taken that kind of hard, uh, and who wouldn't when you haven't won a game all season? That is just rough. Uh, so I, I'm interested in Ron Holland as a prospect. I think the Andrew Wiggins comp might sound like a little bit of a backhanded handed compliment, but I don't mean it that way. Andrew Wiggins is a good player, even if right now he's going through a rough stretch. Uh, but he's a, he's a very good player. It's just tough to, you know, be a top pick and your comparison is a very good player rather than an all-time great but that's i don't know that's what i saw i'm not i'm not a draft guy but that was just my random thought matis bazelis he had eight points six rebounds and one assist in 20 minutes 
just going off of his measurements, he's the type of guy a team like the Blazers would probably want to want. He's uh, just basing this one game. Personally, I am not really buying the hype. Maybe he becomes something. He totally could. But to my untrained eye, he's definitely more of a project. And it could definitely be a worthwhile project. But in those 20 minutes, he definitely looked rough. And like uh, it's going to take a little while for him to realize that potential that he definitely does have. Now to end today, I wanted to talk a little bit about Damian Lillard's first game back in Portland at the Moda Center. I was going to do a whole bit sticking with my thing about how I'm not an NBA fan and I've I only watch the G League and uh but but I think I'm going to be sincere about Dame's first game back cuz I think I want to, you know, remember it in a in a positive way and not just a joking way. So Dame's first game back was was really, I think, an emotional game for everyone that got to go. Um, I was lucky enough to go. Uh, we got there a little bit early, and it was just a special game, you know. Um, Dame came out to do the regular free throw, or not free throw, pregame, you know, just shooting drills and whatnot, um, and got a big ovation there, standing ovation from everyone. Um, that was really special. And then they did... Um, when they introduced starting lineups, they introduced Dame second, and he got an even longer, even louder standing ovation there. Um, and I thought for sure that they would show a little video at that point, um, but they waited until first time out of the game to show a little a little video for him, which honestly I thought was a little bit odd if I'm going to be super, super nitpicky. Um, you know, I, I know that other players throughout the league – like when Russell Westbrook went back to Oklahoma City for his first game, you know, they made a big thing about the video uh, and they played that video during starting lineups and they dimmed the lights and everything like that. They didn't do that for Dame, which in all honesty, uh, I think was a little bit of a miss if I, if I can be picky like that. I don't think it affected how loud anybody cheered. Like, I don't think anything was going to matter. They could have not said a thing, and people were going to give him a standing ovation and cheer as loud as I've ever heard the Moda Center. Um, so it doesn't really matter, except I just thought it was, you know, a little notable that they didn't do the video there, and I have to imagine it probably changed how it felt if you were watching on TV. But that's just that's just me. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. People cheered uh, as loud as they possibly could, and it and it didn't make a difference for that. Um, and so I just, you know, had some thoughts about Dame. Uh, Dame really was here for, you know, what, 11 seasons, and that's, for me, my entire 20s, up to, up to 31 uh, now. Uh, that is a long time, and so it was really strange kind of thinking about um, his time here and how many big moments he had and how all of those moments really coincided with like my, uh, like I said, my entire twenties. And that's just a huge chunk of, of life, you know, to be honest. Um, and so some, some highlights that I'm thinking about, you know, I was there for Dame's very first game in Portland ever against the Lakers. He had 23 points, 11 assists, and you could just tell from game one, this guy is special. I remember this uh, past summer, I had some friends that were asking me, do you think Scoot is going to have as good of a season as Dame did? 
and I just had to say, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Not because I am not high on Scoot. I'm, I'm very excited about watching Scoot continue to develop. But Dame right out of the gate was incredible. You just knew that he was a special player literally from game one, which you don't see a lot. You know, it just doesn't happen that often. Incredible first game. I was there for Dame's first game winner versus the New Orleans Hornets that same season. That was really special. Something that I think it's overlooked a little bit is that he had a couple opportunities to hit game winners before that Hornets game, and he missed them. For a guy that, um, you know, is known for being one of the most clutch players of all time, he missed some game winners earlier in his career. And it obviously, no one even remembers that. No one remembers that he turned into one of the most clutch players of all time. Other moments, you know, I remember I wasn't at the point nine game. I wasn't at that one. I, uh, had, <laughs> I was doing terribly. I was getting some bad grades in college and, uh, but I ran home as fast as I could. Um, and I caught the last quarter or so and, you know, jumped over the couch uh, screaming my head off when he hits that game winner against the Rockets to give the Blazers their first playoff series victory in 14 years. It's incredible. Uh, his OKC game winner, the bad shot, that was, uh, I think, will probably always be the most incredible shot I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I'll ever see a shot more exciting than that. I hope I do, but it's just hard to imagine. That was the most incredible shot, you know. Strangers were hugging. I, uh, The guy that was sitting next to me at that game, I was hugging him. I was hugging his friend. I was hugging my dad. It was just the most incredible shot I've ever seen. The 2021 Denver playoff series where Dame was just going bananas, shooting, you know, step back, banked in three-pointers, the Blazers would lose that game, and uh, I think that's when, for me, I went, he he might leave. He might leave. Um, incredible game. Incredible performance. The Blazers lost not by him, by by his teammates, you know, and that's when I think a lot of people, myself included, said, yeah, this, this might be the end. And then, you know, it's hard to come back from that. It's hard to come back from... Uh, uh, it's hard to come back from a moment like that, especially following that, you know, leading up to the Olympics, uh, kind of questioning whether uh, he would leave. You you know, that's when he started to get some, some press about uh, would he stay, would he leave? There was always that question, of course, just kind of being a smaller market, I suppose, but, but it really became real around the Olympics. And... You know, for probably a couple years, I would get a random text from a from a friend, uh, whether here or in another city, saying, "Oh, how do you feel about Dame probably leaving?" And I got those texts from friends for a couple years before he actually left. So the writing was kind of felt on the wall, even if when he, you know, uh, reaffirmed being in Portland, it it felt like he would be here for the rest of his career. And then probably the last signature Dame game was his 71-point game against the Rockets. That was incredible. And even in the moment, if I'm being honest, it kind of felt like maybe we're witnessing the last great 
Dame game as a Portland Trailblazer. Um, so those are some of my favorite moments. And then to have him get traded um, and honestly be a pretty uh, a devastating summer for people that at least wanted to see Dame win in a Portland jersey, it was a great moment to uh, have him back in Portland and everybody come around that game as kind of a uh, solidifying moment. You know, we haven't had, in my opinion, that many games since probably the 2019 playoffs where it just felt like there wasn't doom around the corner, you know, whether it was that Denver playoff series after that, uh, Terry Stott's kind of last moments, um, or really anything since then, there was kind of just a sense of, you know, maybe impending doom around the team. Uh, so to have this moment to me where we just got to celebrate the player that we've watched for over a decade was, was I think really special. You know, I got to, you know, I took a, I got a photo with a bunch of Blazers fans from Twitter, uh, after the game. And to me, I feel like that was more encapsulating of what that whole era of Blazers basketball, uh, meant than, than the game itself or, or than any video that they could have made for the game was, you know, uh, it's impossible to sum up Damian Lillard's career in Portland with a two-minute video or or with two two-minute videos like the Blazers did. You know, of course you want to do that and that's nice, but it's just impossible to sum that up. What what really I think meant more to me was seeing people, whether I've met them before in real life, like I have some of them or not, um, see that game for what it was and just be excited, uh, for the, for the game, which, um, was actually a fantastic game <laughs> once it was all said and done. So I think that, that moment of just fans kind of coming around the team and coming around Dame, uh, was really special. Like I said, kind of for two reasons. One, the people is really what it's about, you know, not any video or moment that Dame had, but that you could, kind of encapsulate the feeling of watching Dame for a decade with fellow fans. You know, that's a really special moment. Um, and then the second thing that was really interesting about that game was that it felt like at some point when we realized the Blazers were actually in it at the end, it turned from, I think, we're here to watch Dame to, no, we're here, we're here to win. The Blazers need to win. We need to watch this team win, you know, like, before Dame got to the Blazers, we were all fans of basketball, you know? And uh, as much as I really would have loved to see Dame hit a game winner against the Blazers, I think that would have been weirdly cathartic. Um, it was incredible to feel the emotion in the arena that I don't think we've felt since 2019. Um, and it hasn't been, you know... It's been several years, obviously, um, and many teams have gone on, you know, longer droughts of excitement like that than than we have. But um, I think that was an important moment to have uh, as Blazers fans. You know, we got to have that excitement uh, of kind of a Dame game without Dame. Um, so I hope we get to have that uh, feeling in the building sooner rather than later. I would like it to be sooner than, 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 uh, you know, maybe three years, four years, who knows, uh, how long a rebuild will take. Uh, 
And it was, it was great to, to see that moment, even if we won't have it again for a little while. That was incredible. And uh, I think, you know, as good of a reminder of what Dane means to the city as anything is just having a great basketball game in what I think is an incredible basketball town. I don't think people over, you know, NBA world realize how much uh, Portland loves basketball. And so that was great to have back for a moment. It was uh, an amazing game and amazing to get to celebrate Dame in that way. So forgive me for a little bit of sincerity for a minute, but um, that's just what I wanted to talk about for a minute. So thank you for checking back in with the podcast, Kenny's G League. Like and subscribe and do all that stuff that you're supposed to do. Um, And I will catch you back on the next one. Thanks so much for listening.